Welcome to Unsupervised Learning, a security, AI, and meaning-focused podcast that looks at how best to thrive as humans in a post-AI world. It combines original ideas, analysis, and mental models to bring not just the news, but why it matters and how to respond. All right. In this sponsored interview, I'm talking with Aviv Cohen. Aviv is an engineer turned chief marketing officer with Pantera. So if he sounds a bit more technical than most CMOs, that's why. We talk about Pantera's automated security validation platform, which he says is similar but different to automated pen testing and attack surface management. And we discuss multiple dimensions of that, from the space they play in, the problem with existing solutions, and a lot more. And with that, here's my conversation with Aviv Cohen. So can you start with uh, who you are and uh, a little background on the company itself? So hi, Daniel. My name is Aviv Cohen. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer for Pentera. Thanks for having me today on your show. Absolutely. Uh, for those who don't know, Pentera is the automated security validation software company and leader of that category in the industry. Pentera simply tests in an automated way that your security controls, defenses, works effectively against the latest attacks and does so without human intervention. In a way, some people compare it to a self-driving car, a Tesla, if you may, versus a car that is run by a person. And so uh, what was there before Pantera and is still very much uh, abundant in the market is manual penetration testing. Pantera does the automated uh, and somewhat equivalent job of a manual pen tester, but at machine speed and to all your uh, security controls and assets and in a more continuous way. Okay. So the problem you're trying to solve is the manual work part of it that's not repeatable or what was it you're trying to solve when you made the company? So I think most, uh, if we talk about uh, testing our controls and knowing, answering that simple question, am I ready? Are my controls effective against modern current attacks? And what I mean by ready is that I've tested 100% of my properties, my attack surface, and I know that because I've tried that. The answer would, people would say, I, I don't know that today. The problem is that, uh, I don't know, 85% of your security controls are untested completely and the others are like tested once a year, let's say in the annual pen test, which covers 10 to 15% of um, of your footprint or your attack surface. That is the issue. And therefore, at least in my view, there's no surprise that even the best organizations with the best security controls that money can buy still get breached. Uh, reason being that there was one point, typically an anomaly, one server, one port, something was open, left open, or um, or not updated that the hackers came into, but they had no idea that that is the case. Okay, and then, so the idea is that um, the people inside the org who don't have this tech, they could check that tech, they could check out that um, that attack surface, but they might be busy, or they might not have enough people. Um, what do you sort of see as the problem of the reason why they're not testing it manually? At the end of the day, you, you said it very clearly. It's budget, it's, uh, it's the amount of people sometimes, it's the, it's the skill, but mainly uh, the time. 
the attack surface, as we know, is growing. Now you have clouds, VPN, you know, uh, there, there are many, many controls. And if you need to test, think about like how many tests you need to run to test all of those against attacks 10 years back to the latest ones and do it in a, in a frequency that exceeds the amount of changes that you do on your network from the outside attack surface and in the cloud, you would see that the amount of resources you have to actually meet the requirement, there's a, it's a complete misfit. So yes, it's, it's about resources, just something uh, we can't afford to, to do. Okay, so you mentioned uh, cloud, you also do network, do you do applications as well? Like, what all types of attack surface? So uh, the Pantera mission statement is really wherever there's an attack surface, we'll provide you with a test to test that attack surface. So uniquely, uh, as the leader of the category, as said, we're the only unicorn in the category. Uh, we're the only uh, vendor in the category that provides uh, attack surface testing from the internal network, from the external, from the web, and from the cloud, all in one automated software uh, solution. So that is unique. And as more and more attack surfaces open, more and more I IoT devices, as the attack surface would continue to grow, uh, Pantera would continue and add more and more and more tests to that. And I have to say that really even the attack surface, if, if the attack surface is not growing, still uh, attacks are becoming more sophisticated and more zero days are being found. And so as the attack threatscapes advances, you need to do more and more testing. It becomes something, to tell you the truth, that a human cannot know in terms even of knowledge, mm. of, of having that knowledge of how to test so many attacks over so many attack surfaces and so many devices effectively and do it continually. It's beginning to be such a huge problem that even if you have the money and the people, it's, it's becoming like a problem uh, where the attackers, let's say about this mm. asymmetry, the attackers actually use software to attack. Yeah. But yeah, no, we're we're big fans of the continuous thing uh, here at UL. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I wrote a framework for doing this uh, for external a uh, long time ago <clears throat> as part of like recon and bounty type of stuff. Um, I love the idea of someone having their own tech that basically does bounties on themselves continuously, uh, like like what you're talking about. So it's really exciting. You, you mentioned a unified solution across all the different attack surfaces. Where where are the agents actually installed? Like where where are scans emanating from? So um, the nice thing about Pantera is that it's an agentless solution, but it's truly you need to put one head node inside the network to uh, be able to test whether authenticated or not the internal network. Mm -hmm. And we have a cloud service that uh, tests from the outside. Uh, between the two of them, all the attack vectors of outside in, inside out, and uh, and going through the different properties and jumping through them is done in an agentless fashion. Okay, and then you mentioned uh, authenticated scans. <clears throat> you can just take on like Windows credentials or different types of credentials inside of that that main head inside of the internal network, and those credentials are used to scan internally. So yes, sometimes people want to see. Okay, if I have uh, an HR um, workstation compromised. Would these credentials get the attacker to the finance department or the production environment or the customer database segment? Sometimes people want to do a pen test uh, that let's call it a gray box. 
So Pantera is capable both for a black box and a gray box testing. I'd rather call call it testing, just for people not to be confused from a <clears throat> vulnerability scan. Mm. And, and how do you make that distinction? Well, uh, uh, Pantera starts where the scanners actually stop. We do have a vulnerability scanner just to build out the layout of the lay of the land in terms of what can be exploited. But when we talk about penetration testing or security validation, the Pantera way, we test in production environment with real exploits. And when I say real exploits, to do everything an exploit we do aside for the damage. And I'll give you an example. Uh, we have ransomware emulation tests. So, okay, what does the ransomware do? The ransomware would encrypt the data. So we create a copy of the data or shadow copy and we encrypt that so we don't harm the actual data. A ransomware would exfiltrate some of the data. So we exfiltrate uh, um, synthetic data that's not the customer data to our head node just to make sure to see if your data leakage uh, uh, prevention system would step in and stop that. So every step of the way of uh, a malicious code would be done just without the damage. We create our own exploits that are uh, safe replicas of exploits in the wide or in the literature that do the job, uh, but without creating the damage. And, and that brings us to the elephant in the room. Pen testing or security validation is known sometimes to create some damage and therefore people say, okay, do it off hours in a lab environment. Sure. Or a replica of the production environment. If you find something, I would assume it also uh, happens in production. We test just in production. And therefore, uh, the big question about, about the safety of the solution and how we do the test, and in fact, most of our energy is spent on how to do safe guardrails completely in control test in an automated way without putting uh, production events into danger. Today, we have very close to 800 enterprises in production with Pantera. And in the five years since we came out of stealth, we haven't had even one instance of, let's say, a blue screen, a user lockout, or anything of that sort when it came to damage. And we're very proud of it. That is, you know, the safety first or safety by design is our claim here, really. <clears throat> wow. So 800 customers in, in just uh, five years, that's, that's a lot of adoption. Yeah. Uh, basically, our current run rate is that we have a new enterprise customer on average uh, coming on board every day. That put, puts us at uh, 350, 400 new customers a year. Uh, we're really scaling up in terms of the operation, and um, these customers are um, spread across about 40 countries uh, worldwide, from Japan uh, to to Hawaii. I would say is a good is a good description description of of our global footprint. It's unique that a startup, you know, typically startups, you know, pick up and start just from the United States and then expand um, as it goes. Our philosophy was a bit different. Uh, and maybe it's it's a good uh, moment to tell about the, the founding team here. Sure. Um, like the Fabulous Four, where everyone has its own superpowers. Mm -hmm. in, in in a way, um, we had two founders, but a pretty uh, in 2018, where the first round was uh, was raised, uh, we got our current management team, which is like four people, like Mr. Technology, who is the the co-founder Eric Liberzone. Ron Tamir, Mr. Product, 
uh, our CEO, Amitai Ratson, which is, was Mr. Sales or Mr. Business, I would say, and myself, um, yours truly, Mr. Marketing. We came from different walks of life, but we came together. Um, most of us have already two exits under our belt and, um, and put together what we consider like a very strong team to, to put together a global business. And so this company was global from day one. And, and that's how also we're continuing to, to grow. Very cool. Very cool. Um, and what, what are some of the, the challenges that people have that makes them see your solution and say, you know, this is the one for me? Like, are there any particular features that they see and it kind of really helps you get in the door? So uh, it, it begins really with the true need that is in the market. And I would start with uh, somewhat of a disappointment from the vulnerability scanning first generation uh, out there. You know, there, there are two types of uh, vulnerabilities, ones that are patchable and the other type of vulnerabilities, which are about configuration control, uh, credentials, privileges, errors, uh, mm -hmm. open shares, whatever it may be, uh, hard-coded passwords in, in, uh, in scripts that are non-patchable. Non it's not something that, okay, I'll, I'll put the new patch in and I'm good. In fact, today you could be patch perfect. So uh, the way in for the hackers would not be through a vulnerability, a known vulnerability, but, but still be breached because yeah. of misconfigurations and such. I think people are the disappointed from vulnerability uh, management solutions, the traditional ones. People, you know, do a lot of work, but remain uh, susceptible to breaches. Bring this thing where they want a true attacker's perspective brought forward and the full scope of a pen test, but with the ease of use of a, of a scanner, I would say. So uh, pen testing in a box or red team in a box, sometimes people nickname it, was the need in order to have um, really a good handle on your posture and a good validation of your security controls efficacy. So that's really the number one need. The other thing is what changed in the past decade is the pace. People like put up and down like different cloud environments. There are a lot of changes, users. We went through COVID now with the digital transformation at scale. There are a lot of changes. And so once a year, a pen test, a sample pen test just doesn't cut it when it comes to knowing uh, one's posture and understanding, which is really my exploitable uh, security gaps, rather than where I'm vulnerable with thousands of vulnerabilities. These are the two. These are the two uh, main things. And just in short, you know, having a full handle of my attack surface and understanding what is really a breachable uh, security gap. Okay. <clears throat> so, what about people who are doing? you know, something like a Qualys or something like a Tenable, and um, they're happy with that solution because it gives them uh, the compliance stuff. Do, can you also get compliance out of this as well? I, so I, I want to differentiate between compliance and security. And sure. actually we were in Washington in the Gardner um, conference, the conference this year, and they said like compliance is one thing, and but security goes well beyond that. And I think they should keep if they have the Qualys, if they have the Rapid7 or Tenable, they should keep it and, and do the scanning uh, patch management work and keep it. Pantera would come. Yes, there, there, there might be a little bit of an overlap, but we start where they stop. Okay, you know where you're vulnerable, but we can give you that 1% to 3% of where you're exploitable. 
and we cover everything that's about non-patchable. And so although there's some overlap, I admit that, uh, and when it comes to our smaller clients, they take Pentera to do both jobs. Uh, for the enterprise and for many who, I would say, keep, keep those software, but now you need to add a security validation layer for your total attack surface over the good uh, scan and patch infrastructure you have in place. Okay, that's really interesting. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, th that's where this conversation might be a little different than other um, other shows that you go on. Um, the way the way I would interact with you at a lunch, which is what we're at here uh, in, in this environment, is I would say, why would why would you tell them to keep Qualys instead of adding compliance stuff into your software? Because Qualys or or whatever they're using Tenable is likely to be very expensive. So if you could just add those compliance features, wouldn't that be just so much easier to be like, hey, look, we're focusing primarily on security and that's what we care about. But by the way, while we're doing security, you accidentally get compliance as well. Um, so, so we're kind of off record, uh, like you said, in the launch. Um, first of all, I don't want to mislead anyone or or lie. We don't, we look at uh, the, the, the uh, although it could be a good idea, all of our resources are into getting those attacks re-engineered, or like I said, safe replica re-engineered and keeping up with everything that is happening in the threatscape in terms of exploitation, lateral movement, privilege escalation, all of the things that uh, the tenables do not do at all. Okay. And, and you can see it when you do the vector as a startup, we, you know, we're very focused on that. We see the, those other things as a commodity. Maybe one day, I'm telling you now, maybe one day, yeah, we will replace that. But in general, uh, I think one of the secrets, and, and like you, you could see my wrinkles uh, in the mm -hmm. picture, one, one of the secrets here is to keep the focus on what you're good, not try to boil the ocean. And trust me, that replacing a pen tester and doing pen testing automatically and safely on your entire, entire surface is almost mission impossible by itself. I, so, I love your answer. I love your answer. Uh, and I think it's, it's very honest and I think it's, I think it's the right answer. Um, I think if, if doing what Qualys is doing were easy, it would be nice to add, but the fact that it, it's kind of like a separate company and you already have, you already have a mission and that mission is hard enough. You can't do both because then you wouldn't be doing both well. Uh, yeah, maybe after the IPO, we'll buy uh, one of the uh, vulnerability scanners and just add that uh, with all the bells and whistles, reports, screens. Uh, I can add, you know, they do the, basically they manage inventory. They like mm -hmm. manage the inventory of, of vulnerabilities, the thousands and actually hundreds of thousands of vulnerabilities by age, by asset. But, you know, they do all the cuts and the reports and basically they show that you know, they, they fix some and then others come back and it's like, an, it's like a vicious cycle. I think part of, and I'll do like a, part of what Pantera is trying to do is actually uh, stop that vicious cycle of patch and scan, patch and scan as uh, a never ending cycle where we can focus. We don't get like uh, 10,000 findings of criticals, okay? We get like 12, 15 things that you need to fix. Someone. Sometimes it's a network policy. Sometimes it's a firewall configuration. Sometimes it's a hard-coded password that was used. Uh, and we actually allow people to fix the business impact 
potential business impact ex exploitable vulnerabilities first. And here is where Pantera is really grand. It finds this correlation between, okay, I have a vulnerability. Now, the fact that I managed to exploit it means it's lacking uh, a compensating security control. Mm -hmm. so I have now a combination, a toxic combination of a vulnerability lacking a compensating control, and it doesn't end there. By exploiting it and continuing the lateral movement, I can get to the customer credit card database. Okay, so now I also have the impact in this complete attack vector. Mm. So with this example, I know the root cause where all this started. The impact, I know that it's de facto uh, an exploitable attack path, and I know the impact, so I, I can assign import importance to the root cause. Then you get the list of proven evidence-based uh, things that you need to fix, security gaps, and their impact that you can tell your manager, let's say, if you need a new uh, control or you need to, to prove ROI for some additional technology, a need for segmentation, or the effort needed to actually fix it or create a, a maintenance window. It's a completely different discussion once you have the full attack vector and the impact of that uh, security gap of vulnerability that is created internally. Yeah, and <clears throat> is that how you're telling the story in the reports? You're basically saying if someone does this, this, and this, then they get access to this, and it's just like a complete story that makes it clear why they need to fix it quickly? The complete story is indeed there. Uh, in fact, you see in the reports like drawings of the attack vectors. Think about uh, if the hacker would take note of every step on the way, and that note would drop as he uh, exits the building, and you pick up that note, and you could see it's like a path, it's like a flow of every step done on the way, including the end goal, where the, the crown jewels that they might have reached, and everything that can uh, be fixed on the way to actually cut that kill chain. So indeed, it's, it's a different interface than what people uh, are used to see, showing full attack vectors, full attack, attack path, and then reprioritizing back the root cause by their impact to tell people what to fix. And there's also uh, how to fix it remediation Wikipedia within the product, um, just, just to make it really easy to, for people to understand what and why to fix and also explain it as uh, the product, for example, automatically opened a ServiceNow ticket with all that data in uh, for the remediation or mitigation to take place. Okay. And then um, who is the main customer usually? Like who's, who's asking for this product? Um, do, do you have interaction with like internal red teams who are like, look, we only have three people. Uh, we need more pen testers. We would like this to be able to feed us or help us. Um, or is it usually like, <clears throat> more like the the CISO org or the uh, the regular uh, security org. So I think we have two audiences. The typical audience is um, the security team, the infrastructure security team. They would like um, just a tool to do much more frequent validation tests and and mitigation uh, and remediation cycles. I call it like agile uh, remediation sprints in order to know today what is the most uh, risky factor, risky security gap I need to fix today uh, in accordance. Uh, it is true also part of our customers are MSSPs or red teamers in enterprise that use Pantera as a power tool mm. just to cover more ground. So now a person I would say can have a productivity factor of six to 10 in terms of his or her productivity just to cover 
a lot of ground to do uh, concurrent tests. And again, the speed of this thing is just amazing. Uh, you know, 16 concurrent uh, multi-threads or concurrent threads are coming out. Some are doing discovery, some are doing enumeration, some are doing exploitation, some post-exploitation. And all of that is orchestrated with one brain, one algorithm that actually um, does all, all that work and calculates the next step. So I could, could have find in one batch file a password and then spray it uh, to the cloud or take like one hash and do a man in the middle or relay in another part of the organization. And, and all of that is then at machine speed. And you, you get like uh, a lot of results that reflect better really the threat. Again, like I said, the hackers use software and automated software for attack. That's why sometimes attacks are so arbitrary. Sure. You know, just, they just let their software run. And so this is much more current or concurrent with the threat out there in terms of testing your infrastructure. And so for cloud stuff like AWS, GCP or whatever, like how are you doing those integrations? Like, let's say you have like a, a bunch of Kubernetes, a bunch of Docker containers, um, a bunch of EC2 machines. Like, how are you looking at stuff there? So uh, again, I'd like to say that there's authenticated and unauthenticated, and to talk about really one of the main attack vectors that we see. Uh, let's assume it's a it's a cloud only organization, but still people have the endpoints, right? They have laptops, they have even Mac, and so a lot of the attacks that happen is that that device uh, gets compromised, and through that device and credentials. Uh, they go and actually use the, the cloud's keys or session tokens uh, to exploit the, the cloud. Uh, Pantera, for example, aside from having you know a great cracking engine and using a dictionary, also is uh, connected to feeds of stolen credentials from the, the dark and black web. And uh, they can be encrypted or not. And in any case, it would change external cloud interfaces as well as internal um, Active Directory with these uh, credentials. So as you go along, yes, there's the exploitation track, but there's also the track that is trying to verify stolen credentials within your infrastructure. And if there is a hit, also in terms of reverse hash hashing, you get, of course, notified that you need to retire immediately that credential. That, that, uh, that is a very unique value proposition as part of the product to make sure that you have credential hygiene and no stolen credential credential staffing uh, staffing techniques can be used on your organization, including the cloud. Uh, going on to the second part, this is just one example of a cloud attack vector, is uh, using the cloud, let's say, gray box authenticated. So if someone has the key, where can he get? Is your segmentation as you're supposed to, to have it? So these are part of the examples of like cloud testing. Okay, that makes sense. And um, let's say someone has multiple like networks or multiple segments or VLANs or something inside the network where you can't actually get to everything. <clears throat> Can you drop multiple uh, uh, like head devices and that they could talk to each other? So, so you need only one head device to orchestrate your dad, but for isolated segments, and we have many enterprises, let's say that have like, uh, I don't know, 15 to 25 sites globally, like global companies with offices and such. Yeah, I'm talking about like different, uh, completely different segments. So there we do have what we call an attack node per site, which is um, a small piece of software 
uh, as opposed to the head node uh, that just bridge that through upper application layers and and do the testing there. That, okay. That's how it's done. You don't need to install the the product again. The product is only installed once. Okay, and is the node going to connect back to the head node, or is it going to go up to the cloud to unify? No, it's going to to connect to the head node. Again, uh, I want to go back to to the point about safety and what everything that has happened, including a very very thorough cleanup uh, procedure and report about you know leaving nothing there, as opposed to manual pen testing, which happens to sometimes people do leave some of their kits available. Everything yes. is clean, like and being very tidy. And part of the security is that in case of lost connection, just to make sure that no rogue uh, processes are are going rogue, everything shuts down immediately. And so, safety is one of the reasons that you need like main control. That makes sense. <clears throat> and what does um like pricing and everything look like? Uh, not like exact prices, obviously, but like the model. The model is is a tiered model, just proportionate to the amount of assets or endpoints you have in your network. And when it comes to your external footprint, it has to do with uh, the number of subdomains. That pretty much um, covers, goes into a simple table and gives you a price. The bottom line is that it's very much proportionate to the footprint of of, of the IT infrastructure that you have. We have some customers of over 100,000 endpoints, like some of them are very big. And some of them, I have to say, are uh, have 1,000 endpoints are, are smaller. And it, it works really well in all sizes. The only difference is, as you said, like for large global enterprises with multiple sites, uh, we, we do need to, to add those uh, remote attack nodes uh, once. And from that, from that point on, uh, everything kind of goes on a scheduler, and and that's really where things change. I'd like to compare it on um, uh, the big change of what happens after Pantera uh, is installed in an organization. Before that, again, it was an annual <clears throat> pen test exercise, and after that, um, you actually get the organization tested, and sometimes like daily, and you cover all the organization as the remediation cycle. And if, if there is a gap created and gap is created through change, the time to discovery changes in a way that people can know that something new they put on in terms of acceptance is tested and is validated and they can like confidently uh, put it in production. It's, it just becomes part of the routine of an organization. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I was going to ask you that actually. Um, what how does this compare to a tech surface management? Um, and of course, these are all, you know, gardenery sort of like, uh, you know, framings of, of the different words. But I see this largely as continuous pen testing, right? Um, I think that used to be uh, like a name of a, a segment. Um, but then there's also um, a tech surface management and automated attack surface management and all of that. Do, do you go up against those vendors as well, especially for the outside stuff? Indeed, uh, we do. I think the reason we call it security validation is it because it combines the attack surface management with the automated penetration testing. And, and actually, Gardner has picked up security validation as the name uh, for those two categories joined together. Uh, the difference between us and the external attack surface management uh, vendors is that um, they map the external attack surface in terms of, OK, these are your assets. 
sometimes they add like a scan and then you're left with a lot of false alarms a lot of tables a lot of data but what's actually actionable where can my attacker come through we had this element of attacking exploiting if there's a, a supposedly uh, log for j or cross-site script we actually exploit it and then we show okay this website can be truly compromised this certificate is bad and 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 show you where your attack surface aside for being there so you don't want to to have surprises about assets you don't know about that are exposed to the internet that's one but also what is actually uh maybe compromised by actually doing the test so in that term again if I compare the external attack surface to the old vulnerability management, without actually uh, attacking it in a safe way or ethically attacking it, you don't know where are you truly vulnerable. And Pantera can give you that answer. In that sense, yes, we, we compete with them and we provide additional value. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you ever find, because you're doing what attackers do, that do you ever find evidence that an attacker is already there? So uh, we don't look for, for that evidence in terms of, let's call it threat hunting, because we play the attacker. I mean, so, like, I mean, like accidentally, like you go to install something and you just notice there's something already there. Or... Uh, we don't look for things that are there, but I have to say that uh, uh, the way our clients look at it is that if they so find something open, they say, okay, if this was open and it might have been open for a while and Pantera discovered it. Sure. It really helps them focus their threat hunting exercise. And, okay, if this was open for a while, maybe someone passed here. Let's focus our threat hunting activities into this path as we close it to see if something is already going on. So it helps them prioritize because you can't do threat hunting all over the place. But yeah. th that's really up to uh, the customers. By the way, just to explain, we give the, the software complete control to the enterprise uh, people. And they run it the way they want to run it by themselves. This is completely a do-it-yourself if you like security validation. The fact that the software is completely automated helps them do that. So, Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, is there, um, wh what do you feel like the gaps still are? Like, what would you like to see happen? Like, if your product were five years in the future, what would it have? Or do you have features coming out soon that you're really excited about? Uh Definitely, as, as we grow and as the industry mature, matures, there are more and more integration outside of the product uh, with a vision of a completely automated remediation cycle, validation remediation cycle. Mm. We know that for remediation, there's a suite of tools. Again, they're more segmented per operating systems and such to make sure and also uh, workflow engines, let's say like Torque, uh, that once we find something, immediately it triggers action to go and fix them, something and then call us again to validate it. Mm -hmm. the, vision, the vision for the users is to try to automate the entire uh, validation remediation cycle as much as possible. Of course, there'll always be a human in the middle, especially when you need uh, restart actions or, uh, or maintenance window. But the point is, in terms of the roadmap, is to to try and create more and more automation you know outside of the product as to our own roadmap i think the first thing to do uh that we will always do and that's why we're in a subscription model type of uh of license is that continuously in add more and more and more exploit in the wild into the product mm. more combinations of 
how it's used, the protocols, etc. Um, and add more features just to allow people to 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 use the product um, in in different environments. Everything in technology kind of moves on. Yeah. And so keeping up with penetration testing is what we're trying to do all the time. Yeah. And so what what sorts of um like teams or alliances or threat intelligence feeds do you have to keep all that fresh? So I want to start with just saying uh, we have about 25 uh, very, very skilled cyber researchers that uh, research and have their ear to the ground in a sense of all the forums uh, 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 in terms of threats that are coming or are being used in order to the most important thing is what is being exploited in the wild that people need to and better validate and test before they're being exploited. And so uh, that substantial size team constantly researchers uh, ad adversary techniques. We also contribute to the MITRE attack matrix, and we're part of that, a big part of that community. And then their research constantly goes into the product. Uh, what I meant before in terms of threat intelligence uh, feeds has to do specifically with stolen credentials, stolen or leaked credentials. So that's a constant feed. We actually have a few sources uh, that we don't name that continuously feed into it. Of course, if the client has its own sources for uh, leaked credentials or uh, threat intelligence, they can insert it into the product and uh, the uh, cracking engine dictionary would just uh, increase and work on that. It's um, it's a combination of both. Well, that makes sense. Um, well, this is really cool. I've always loved this space. Um, yeah, continuous testing has always been a thing for me, and uh, sounds like you all are crushing it. I think you know we're blessed, and things are going really well. Uh, you know, if 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 you ask like what is what is keeping us from going even faster than doubling year over year, which we have been doing in the past years, is that a lot of people like, you know, settle with status quo, say, okay, I don't feel my environment is changing that much. I still need to fix things from last year's penetration test. You know, they say, why, why would I do another? And so, uh, you know, Status quo, I think, in this term, where people are saying, I have other priorities versus this priority. The thing that is really important to understand is that uh, we, we actually see it the other way around. Okay, don't invest more, especially today in the down. Don't invest more. Mm -hmm. First of all, test. Okay, test versus the attacks that are out there. Now you know where you stand, where your real gaps are, and what you need to fix or install next. I think that is actually a way to save money, not only on penetration testing services, but also save money on technology, perhaps retire some technologies. So as Pantera is used for validation, it can be used also for evaluation. And I'll tell you a story. So one of our clients wanted to renew their XDR or EDR software. And of course, all the vendors come in with the MITRE evaluation and they say, we blocked 100%, 98.9%. Mm -hmm. Say, fine, that's good on, on theory. Let's put both products. Um, in that sense, it was Sentinel-1 versus CrowdStrike. I won't say who won, 
But they say, okay, D would be the goalkeeper, Pantera go, try and get in, try and attack. And it's just apparently that one of those uh, EDR solutions was better than the other. Hmm. One, of, one of them stopped attacks more than the other, and one of them was bypassed or penetrated by Pantera. They say, okay, that was the, deter- you know, all other things equal, that was the determining factor of which uh, EDR to choose. And so in terms of people, uh, I think people underestimate the, the amount of change that the network happens just by people coming and going, technologies yeah. coming in. I think in terms of this is the time for security validation. Uh, Gartner also said in their conference that security validation for 2023 is one of the top priorities in their mind. Mm. So I'll be, I'll be quoting them. There was like a decade, uh, I think almost a decade where people said, okay, Let's invest in detection, prevention, detection, and response. And all the socks were built and everything. So fine. That was this, this. But after everything was built, how do you know your sock is keeping its SLA, especially if it's outsourced? Yeah. How do you know? How do you know that all this stack typically of 30 to 50 different vendors, best of read, how do you know all the policies, all the knobs, everything is configured over all your attack surface? How do you know? It keeps saying that we, we're at this point that there's no point in investing in other things before you test and know where you stand. Now, to tell you the truth, Daniel, if we look at how software was developed, if we go way back, software was developed and was put out to the market with a lot of bugs. Today, software has CI, CD, continuous integration and, um, and, and, uh, and, and, and deployment. And so QA is kind of, being built in as a continuous QA, agile way in, in developing software. The same thing is happening now with security, where you had to put it together, but now put it together, validate. So that's the cycle that's happening now uh, in terms of agile remediation sprints, security validation remediation cycles. I think it's really, people are beginning to understand it. And I think we're fortunate to be in this place where we're providing a very good uh, solution for this need. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I mean, you don't have to sell me on the uh, on the validation piece. Like, I I spent a whole lot lot of time uh, doing pen testing and doing security assessment, actually breaking in and doing this stuff. And before that, I was in the military, so it's like if if you want to find out if something works, you actually have to get your hands on it and test it. And there's no other way to know. And that's where I think a lot of management stuff falls off. Even their prioritization, it's still theoretical until you actually do it. So I, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, I want to say, uh, you know, I see a lot of CISO or, or security professionals coming from the army. And I think that state of mind where you need to, I would say, exercise or put things to the test. And the difference between theory and practice is that there's no difference only in theory. But there's a big difference between theory and practice. And unless you put it to the tests, like test by combat, test by exercise, uh, you don't really know. And, and, and so it becomes when they go into security, they just see, okay, of course we need to test it. Of course yep. we, need to drill, we need to drill this. It, it comes as second nature. I, I see it a lot. And, and I would say that um, people that come up, came with a army history tend to uh, move forward fast with this concept of continuous or automated security validation. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, any, anything else you wanted to mention uh, before we uh, close here? 
Uh, first of all, I wanted Daniel. I, I wanted to really thank you for for giving us the stage and hosting us here. I think in terms of anything that has to do with innovation, security validation included, my advice would be for people to test it. Like one of the yep. things that we do is a single day free proof of concept oh, in, the cool. customer, in the customer production environment. Say one one day because you don't need more. With the speed of the machine in one day, it's like an equivalent of three weeks uh, pen test of two people. Um, you could do in three hours. And so we don't expect people to believe us. We just say, okay, just try it out and um, and see for yourself. People know their environment. They know uh, their vulnerabilities. And if you tell them something new about their environment and show them the attacker's perspective within a few hours, uh, it kind of gives them more like information to make like uh, an educated decision about whether this technology can serve them or not. And uh, no strings attached there. So that would be my best advice. Yeah, I love uh, you saying the attacker perspective. I, I talk about that a lot with customers. It's like, well, we already have a so-and-so tool and it scans for vulnerabilities. Well, you have the auditor perspective. Do you want what an attacker actually sees? Because they are very different things. So indeed, that is the case. And there's a, a famous quote that uh, defenders thinks in lists and attacker thinks in graphs. Yeah. And as long as that is the state, the defenders would be on their back foot. Uh, and Pantera thinks in graphs and creates these attack path as attack graph as it goes along and shows you the attacker's perspective of your infrastructure. Sometimes, and people can think about the apple they bought in a store, where there's a very little, from the outside, it's a perfect apple, perhaps for a little uh, hole, but when they open the apple, they see that it's completely ruined inside. And so Sometimes you look at your attack surface as the apple, but you need to find those small uh, places where the hackers may come in and block them before they do. But that's as simple as it gets. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on uh, Unsupervised Learning and uh, enjoyed it. Me too. Thank you very much, Daniel. Unsupervised Learning is produced and edited by Daniel Meisler on a Neumann U87 AI microphone using Hindenburg. Intro and outro music is by Zombie with a Y. And to get the text and links from this episode, sign up for the newsletter version of the show at danielmeisler.com newsletter. We'll see you next time.